Hi, I'm Genevieve. And I'm Emmy. Welcome to 2021 and welcome to Design Sisters. Broadcasting live from the Science Light, the Science Sisters is a holly jolly wintry podcast about science for kids by kids, plus our dad. Welcome back for our last episode of this mini season. What's the topic for this season closer, girls? For today's episode, we'd like to take a journey north, way north, to talk about all the incredible animals that live in one of the harshest environments on the planet, the Arctic. With average low temperatures in winter from 28 degrees Fahrenheit in coastal Iceland to negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit in inland Russia, the Arctic has some of the most extreme temperatures in the world where wildlife live year-round. That's true. Antarctica has recorded much colder temperatures near the South Pole, but virtually no animals live that deep inland on Antarctica, which is covered with a deep layer of ice year-round. Antarctica has many species of penguins and seals, as well as other sea life, but that all occurs near the Antarctic shore. In the Arctic region, which is mostly sea ice, even the tundra and Arctic desert regions of Canada, Russia, Alaska, Iceland, and Greenland manage to have a fair variety of wildlife. It's hard to picture how cold the Arctic is. The shore of Baffin Island in Canada averages negative 14 degrees Fahrenheit, and that just sounds really cold. But compared to that temperature, the icy water, which hovers around 28 degrees Fahrenheit, is actually so much warmer than the ground that it warms the environment. The icy sea is the source of most life in the Arctic, with species like seals, walruses, many types of fish, and apex predators like sharks, killer whales, and polar bears, which catch a huge percentage of their meals in the water. But let's start on land with one of the cutest Arctic animals, the Arctic hare. The Arctic hare has a summer and winter coat, shifting from gray to white and back seasonally. However, the hares in the far north have a winter coat year-round to stay blended in with the snow. The Arctic hare has it pretty rough. They eat mostly leaves, which are scarce even in the best times of the Arctic. They compete for food with large mammals like elk and reindeer, and with smaller mammals like voles, lemmings, and pikas. And if pika, spelled P-I-K-A, sounds familiar, yes, the mouse Pokemon Pikachu is named after a hamster-sized mouse species found in the Arctic and other extreme environments. However, it sounds like we should be calling it Pikachu. When the Arctic hare isn't searching for leaves to eat, it's hiding or running away from the other animals that want to eat it, like Arctic foxes, gray wolves, cougars, lynx, snowy owls, and hawks. Gray wolves are the top predator of small mammals in the Arctic. And while we'll talk about polar bears in a minute, it's worth saying that gray wolves have been known to hunt polar bear cubs by overwhelming a polar bear mother with the strength of the pack. Polar bears are by far stronger than a gray wolf, but wolves are almost twice as fast and most often hunt in groups, making them the more dominant predator in the Arctic. Another mammal group often hunted by gray wolves is deers. Reindeer and elk fall prey to gray wolves, but get their best protection from the size of their herd. The Tamir herd in Russia is a herd of reindeer that varies in size between 400 thousand and one million reindeer. Wolves can also hunt moose calves, but will rarely take on a full-grown moose, despite the fact that moose don't live in herds but live alone. That may be because a full-grown moose is over twice the height of a wolf. 
Because of the extreme environment of the Arctic, each of the Arctic land mammals has an interesting story, but let's change it up and talk about the water. As extreme as the land is, so is the water. The Arctic Ocean is the shallowest and coldest of the world's oceans. With an average depth of about 4,000 feet, the Arctic Ocean is more shallow than the Gulf of Mexico in North America and the Mediterranean Sea in Europe. Despite the shallow depth and the fact that most of the ocean is covered with ice for most of the year, the Arctic Ocean is full of a huge variety of wildlife. One of the most interesting Arctic animals is the lion's mane jellyfish. It's the largest species of jellyfish, regularly growing with a bell size of over 5 feet in diameter. And while a blue whale weighs 1,000 times more than a lion's mane jellyfish, the lion's mane jellyfish can grow longer than a blue whale with stinging tentacles up to 100 feet long. Another incredible one is the Greenland shark. While lion's mane jellyfish only live for one year, Greenland sharks are the longest living vertebrates on Earth, living 300 to 500 years. The Greenland shark is also the slowest fish and one of the largest. A Greenland shark's top speed is below two miles per hour, which means they swim slower than humans walk. So if they're slow sharks, how do they hunt anything? Believe it or not, we've never seen them eat. But scientists think they sneak up on sleeping animals like seals and eat our animals that die naturally as a scavenger. But the real show in the Arctic is the marine mammals. Seals, orcas, walruses, whales, and polar bears. Hold the phone. Polar bears aren't marine mammals, they're bears. Actually, Daddy, while polar bears are born on land, they spend most of their life living on sea ice, and because of that, they are classified as marine mammals. In fact, their official species name in Latin is the maritime bear, which means bear at sea. Wow, okay, that's neat. Uh, Back to the marine mammals, I guess. While marine mammals like seals and even orcas, or killer whales, are found far outside the Arctic, animals like walruses, beluga whales, narwhals, and polar bears live exclusively in the Arctic and thrive in the extreme habitat there. Beluga whales and narwhals are the only two whale species that live exclusively in the cold waters of the Arctic. Narwhals are sometimes called the unicorn of the sea because of their spiral horn or tusk, which is actually a tooth. Yeah, the male narwhal's left canine tooth grows through its lip and becomes a tusk that grows its entire life. While scientists have thought it helps them break through ice or fight for dominance, it seems like it's just a way to attract female narwhals by showing their strength with a larger tusk. But when people think of Arctic animals, there's probably just one you think of first, the polar bear. Polar bears live only in the Arctic and mostly eat seals, stalking cracks in the ice and edges of ice sheets where seals come up for air. They'll also eat young narwhals and beluga whales if they come across them. While polar bears don't hibernate, they still have a major hunting season from winter through late spring when the ice flows break up. Climate change is a major threat to polar bears as ice flows are breaking up three weeks earlier than they were 30 years ago. This reduces the feeding season and scientists predict that by 2040, we may have the first summer in human history where all the sea ice in the Arctic melts. The U.S. Geological Survey scientists say that two-thirds of the world's polar bears may disappear by 2050. 
And while quicker melting sea ice is a danger to a lot of species that depend on ice flows, it's already causing changes in polar bear behavior. When ice breaks up early, polar bears spend more time on land where humans live, causing more bears to look for sources of food in towns like our garbage. And more bears near humans also mean more bear attacks on humans and more humans killing bears to protect themselves. Sea ice is an important part of Earth's climate, keeping the Arctic cool and providing a habitat to these amazing animals. And while other impacts of climate change, like melting glaciers and extreme weather, are more of a direct threat to humans, it's important we work to reduce climate change. These animals have adapted to the extreme environment of the Arctic, and while all these animals are experts at surviving in harsh conditions, it's our responsibility to make the Earth a place where humans can thrive and our animal planet mates can thrive too. That's a wrap on this mini season of The Science Sisters. But if you want to talk to us, email us at thesciencesisterspodcast.gmail.com or call and leave a message at 910-777-7571. We're going to take a little break from new episodes while we finish this school year. But if you love what we're making and you'd like to help more kids discover great science, rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a ton of episodes from 2020, and it would really help new people discover them. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to wash your hands for 20 seconds and dry them so they don't freeze. The Science Sisters was created and written by Genevieve and Emmy Britt, ages 10 and 8. Were produced and edited by me, their dad, Kyle Britt, with additional production and music by their uncle, Sven Britt. Check out the show notes or thesciencesisterspodcast.com for all our sources. If you share this podcast with a kid who loves science, I know my girls would love to hear from them. Email us at thesciencesisterspodcast at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 910-777-7571.